Welcome back to the AWB COVID-19 Employer Resources Webinar Series, presented by Kaiser Permanente. Today, AWB President Chris Johnson is talking about e-commerce, with insights on how to utilize web-based tools, digital marketing, innovation, research, and the importance of telling your story through online messaging and branding. He's joined by Brian Forth, founder and president of SiteCrafting, Tricia Letourneau, Northwest District Retail and E-Commerce Marketing Manager for UPS, Justin Stiefel, co-founder and CEO of Heritage Distilling Company, Alawanjo Chala, founder and CEO of Alafia, Aaron Callahan, storytelling strategist at Trillium Creative Solutions, and Tori Graff, rogue leader with Trillium Creative Solutions. With opening remarks from Connie Marvick, Senior Director of Employer Engagement at Kaiser Permanente, Washington. The webinar will begin after this word from our sponsor. What we do now will forever change our tomorrow. So let's do the right thing today. Let's stay at home. Let's wash up. Let's always keep our distance, please, six feet apart at least. Let's look after ourselves as well as others. It will all be worth it. We can all do our part so those on the front line can do their part. And when this is over, we will all continue to thrive. Good morning and welcome back to AWB's weekly webinar series. I hope everyone had a chance to enjoy what was simply fantastic weather over the weekend. And just like last week, we have another outstanding lineup of speakers for us uh, on this week's webinar. I want to start by thanking and recognizing Kaiser Permanente, who've helped make this program available to all Washingtonians anywhere and everywhere in the state of Washington. And through their support of this program, we're able to do just that. So thank you uh, to the team at Kaiser Permanente. It's now my privilege to introduce Connie Marvick, the Senior Director of Employer Engagement at Kaiser Permanente of Washington, to say a few words. Connie, welcome on in to today's webinar. Thank you, Chris. We at Kaiser Permanente are honored and pleased to be a sponsor for the Association of Washington Business webinar. Today's webinar on taking your bricks and mortar business online is more relevant in our current time than ever before. When we all know, when all we know seems to be changing, companies are having to find a new way to reach, deliver value, and provide services to their clients. This has been true for Kaiser Permanente of Washington as well. For us, it was how do you treat and support 700,000 members while keeping them safe during a pandemic? As a pioneer with integrated online medical records years ago, Kaiser Permanente built on that foundation with our telehealth strategy and was one of the first health systems to offer virtual visits, and care chat services with a live clinician long before coronavirus. So when COVID-19 hit, our medical and administrative teams were able to quickly shift our business to treat over 85% of our patients with online or telephonic visits within the first week. Whether a video visit, emailing their doctor, a phone visit, speaking to a consulting nurse, or using our real-time chat with a local clinician, nearly all of our care today is initiated virtually. And these are with clinicians who live and work in the same communities as you. We are focused on keeping our members safe. Members can refill prescriptions with a simple push of a button, and their meds will be mailed to them at no additional cost. 
or if they need them immediately, they can be delivered within two hours for a small fee. There's no need to even go into a pharmacy. We also established seven drive-up COVID-19 sites for members when their physicians ordered such a test. With testing done in-house, most results are delivered within 24 hours. Some parts of our brick and mortar world stay the same. For emergency care needs, our 24-7 urgent care facilities are still open and operating with strict protective protocols to protect both our patients and our providers. Kaiser Permanente has been a nationally recognized leader in medical innovation for years. As always, we focus on combining care and coverage through high-quality, cost-effective solutions for all of our markets. Like Kaiser Permanente, your businesses must find a way to work differently in this new day. We hope you enjoyed today's presentation, that you find insights and ideas that can help you succeed in this changing world. Thank you for joining. Thank you, Connie, and thank you, Kaiser Permanente, for making today's program possible. I, Connie, I just want to say thank you to your frontline workers. They've done yeoman's work during this uh, crisis here, so thank you to you and your team. Uh, we have a great program today, as Connie spoke about, talking about e-commerce and the solutions that it plays uh, for you as employers. Uh, if you're like my house, you're seeing more and more of those boxes show up on our front porch, and this is an opportunity to talk about how you do that very thing for your company. Our, our panel this morning features six really amazing leaders that are active in this space. Brian Forth, the founder and president of Sitecrafting. Tricia Letourneau, Northwest District Retail and E-Commerce Marketing Manager for UPS. Justin Stiefel, co-founder and CEO of Heritage Distilling Company. Alawanjo Chala, founder and CEO of Alafia. Aaron Callahan, storytelling strategist at Trillium Creative Solutions. And Tori Graff rogue leader at Trillium Creative Solutions. As we do every week, you have an opportunity to ask any one of these panelists or all of them a question and a simple reminder, go to the right-hand corner of the screen to the GoToMeeting box, place your question in here of who it's for uh, and what question you'd like to ask. And already we have a number of questions coming in. And if you missed today's program, or more importantly, you wanted to share today's program with someone, a reminder that this will re-air tomorrow at 10 a.m. on our Facebook page. Simply go and like the EWB uh, Facebook page. So with no further ado, it's my privilege to introduce Brian Forth of Sitecrafting. He founded this company in 1998 when he began working on websites as a side job and decided to make the jump to working full-time. I'd be remiss not to thank Brian for all of his hard work on EWB activities. He's also the incoming chief the incoming chairman of AWB. So Brian Forth, let me turn it over to you, president and CEO of Sitecrafting. Thank you, Chris, and thank you everybody for having me today. So um, at Sitecrafting, uh, I wanna give you a little quick background on Sitecrafting. Uh, Sitecrafting is a full service digital agency based in Tacoma, Washington. You can go ahead and jump ahead to some slide here. Next slide. Uh, so we've been doing this for 20 years um, and uh, we have a team of just under 40. And so we specialize in digital marketing, web development um, and, and strategy. So, our team, as this the pandemic hit, um, we refer to this as the infinite pivot. Um, we are going to have to continue to find new ways to succeed for ourselves and for our customers. And so um, the pivot, uh, walk through these, these four steps, but essentially we had business as, as usual, we had the pandemic hit and we had this major disruption. 
but we actually see the cycle of four things happening ongoing because who knows when things are going to open fully who knows which customers are going to come back right away so all the time the new business is normal the new normal is going to continue to be disrupted in different ways and so we need to figure out what's next and so working with our customers we've tried to figure out a way that how do we help them succeed and how do we set ourselves up for that that uh what's next if we can advance please so here's the opportunity we i'm going to talk about two quick wins that we've done uh, for some local companies here in um, the Puget Sound region. So let's go ahead and jump through the first one. So one of the things we have, we have e-commerce. We're talking about that today. And so finding ways to make not only web stores be able to ship and deliver things, but also pivot quickly so that uh, places like restaurants and breweries and wineries can, can have people pick up and we can uh, set those things up. So we're going to jump ahead to uh, Seven Seas. Uh, which just launched a new brand. Go ahead and advance, please. Uh, so Seven Seas, uh, there's a couple of different tap rooms, one in Gig Harbor and one in Tacoma. And so they needed a way for them, for their uh, team to be able to get beer to people because during a pandemic, I guess that's a pretty important thing. And uh, so we wanted to make sure that their web store was able to, they had not even had a web store before this, this happened. So uh, since the, the tap rooms were closing, it was very important for us to get them an ability to, we started with merchandise first to try and get them to sell some t-shirts and ship those online. Uh, but then we figured out that, hey, they, they could find a way to order their beer online. So let's go ahead and advance real quick. Um, so that they could then set up uh, for pickup. And so this is just a rudimentary form that I'm showing here, but essentially they can pick up uh, everything from six packs to growlers. Uh, they can choose where they're gonna have, where the user's gonna pick that up and then it's ready within an hour or so. So they had to change their hours at the tap room, and so they wanted to make sure that people could order their beer ahead of time, show up, and pick it up. So that's a way that we've pivoted some of the uh, e-commerce solutions. But as we look to reopen uh, the next slide, we're going to talk about Kitsap Bank, which um, is now talking about appointments. And so one of the things we're seeing is that when businesses open again, it's going to be really important to uh, control the number of, of folks that come in to the to the office or to the to the branch in this case and so we'll talk a little bit about Kitsap Bank um, to go ahead and advance and so we can go to the actual next screen as well so uh, Kitsap Bank uh, has loan officers they have new account setups they have other items but they they want to make sure that their um, that their staff is ready to see those those customers when they're when they're ready to schedule so um, we're creating for them a uh, simple appointment scheduling area so that people can come in, choose a time, choose a branch, and make sure that they're able to come into the branch at that given time and get their um, get their business done as opposed to kind of just wandering in at, at a different time. So finding out ways to look for organizations to do online appointment scheduling is going to allow um, businesses to give confidence. So if we'll advance to the last slide, please. Um, so I think the what I'm trying to get to the long way around to get to this point is really this is an opportunity for companies to lead with their brand. So um, the analogy that we're using in our office is almost like you think of food safety and you go to a restaurant and outside their door, there's the, the rating of, of how their health inspection has gone. Um, customers are going to be coming back to businesses at some point, right? And we need to give them and our employees confidence that we as a business and organization are doing things to keep them safe. And so 
you know, this is your opportunity to use your brand and that brand equity to build and tell a great story about how you are being safe, how you are changing the way that you do business, and that you're constantly looking for ways to um, leverage technology to make your offline experience with those consumers even better. So thank you, and I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Brian. Uh, the first question coming in this morning is, what is the average cost and timeline to establish an e-commerce site? Um, it's like anything, it's how long is a piece of string, but I mean, if you're having a very simple, straightforward store, you're probably looking at, um, you, know, you could do that set up with a WordPress WooCommerce sort of site, and that could be done in less than a week um, and probably in, you know, a couple thousand dollars sort of range. And there are also things like Shopify where you're not paying uh, a huge a huge dollar figure up front, but it's more a subscription model. Um, and they have templates and other things that can help businesses get started uh, to get that going. So you can um, build it as big or as small as you need to. Brian, as you think about the customers you engage with, the question coming through is, hey, what are some of the best practices to attracting new, com new customers with an e-commerce solution? Well, I think, I mean, you need to be able to get the word out that, that these are things that you offer. So I would start with your existing customers to make sure that they know that you have a way to order online. So um, if you're a restaurant and you're doing uh, curbside pickup, then you need to let your existing client base know that. So whether that's through social media or um, newsletters or um, you know, even some Google AdWords or other sorts of um, ways to do some uh, targeted marketing of those those services or the, the fact that you have that um, available, you need to start with your existing customers and then expand from there. Um, but I think social media and um, is a great is a great way, and email newsletters is another great way to do that. Uh, last question coming in for you, Brian, during this segment is: uh, Is there any type of business e-commerce isn't a good solution for, or is this a great way? Or in other words the question comes through, can this help grow customers for me and penetration for me in markets? Yeah, I mean, I think that it depends. I mean, you may not be traditionally selling something where you're packaging it up and delivering it to somebody, but you can do things um, like upsell services through um, e-commerce. So if you're, um, let's say, a winery in a tasting room and you want to do a, um, you have people who normally just come in and reserve time to get a tasting, why not do an add-on through your e-commerce system so they can buy a cheese plate or other things to enhance that? So um, there are some, some ways to look at using e-commerce in a little different way than maybe a traditional box it up and ship it to your home. Thanks, Brian. Uh, stay with us for the end. We'll get to some fire round questions here in a few minutes. But again, thanks for joining us. Sitecrafting has done some great work, not only on behalf of Thank you, Brian. Uh, our next speaker today is Trisha Letourneau. Uh, Trisha, again, is the e-commerce marketing manager for UPS, and she's here to talk to you about eFulfillment, an outsourced fulfillment solution for small and medium-sized e-commerce businesses. With that, Trisha, welcome to the AWB webinar series. Let me turn it over to you. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Um, I'd like to thank all of AWB. Uh, do we have the video to roll? Introducing UPS eFulfillment. Do you sell products across multiple platforms and then worry about how to meet your customers' expectations for quick delivery, all while trying to grow your business? With UPS eFulfillment, you'll be able to manage all your listings, orders, and inventory on our eFulfillment portal. 
your inventory will be ready to go inside one of our strategically located warehouses. When a new order comes in, UPS will pick, pack, and ship it. And our simplified pricing and billing processes can offer a clearer view of your all-in costs. Meet Sophia. Sophia likes to design cool toys for brainy kids. A few years ago, she turned her hobby into a business. Now she gets 20 orders a day and demand is growing quickly. Sophia is spending so much time managing orders that she can't work on designing new toys. She goes to ups.com slash efulfillment. She enrolls easily with the onboarding wizard. Through the wizard, Sophia prints package labels to move her inventory to a UPS efulfillment warehouse using special rates. She tracks everything on the portal while UPS fulfills the orders and even handles returns. Sophia can accept orders up to 5 p.m. Not only does Sophia now have time to focus on her core business, but her customer's experience improves as well. Let UPS eFulfillment help you too. Enroll now at ups.com slash eFulfillment. All right, so um, today I'm offering, we have many solutions, but I really wanted to bring uh, the UPS eFulfillment and introduce it to possibly customers that have not heard of the solution that we offer. Um, eFulfillment really has been a key to enabling many of our customers that pre-COVID either A, were not dependent on e-commerce or B, maybe were uh, shipping on a smaller scale and really didn't uh, experience the traffic. So if we could go to the next slide, let's talk about what we're seeing um, amidst COVID. So, Really, our studies and what we're experiencing is we're seeing, you know, 75% of Americans uh, are in the internet users are likely to avoid shopping centers and malls. As we all know, that has advanced into just them literally being closed down. And as a result, global e commerce grew 23%. Now, that was back in March earlier on. In fact, we've seen that number grow to 28% and even reach 30% increase as people get more comfortable shopping online and really moving their shopping behaviors strictly to an e-commerce basis. So more businesses, with that shift to the e-commerce, it's really led to more businesses needing to build websites from scratch, improve websites, or find alternate channels to sell their products on, and really a great, greater need for digital solutions just to drive traffic, especially through products uh, and high demand. And really where we're seeing the biggest gains that, of course, in, in food, firearms, the toys uh, industry, and industrial goods. Um, we've seen a decline in apparel, and really housewares and auto remain flat. Can we go to the next slide, please? So just a quick summary, um, you know, this is no surprise to all the business owners online here today. We're, you're all experiencing this, but really what we're seeing is inventory delays and shortages, um, limited operations of global ports and limited commercial air capacity is causing some of this, um, and everything's just really slowed down. So we're really helping many of our customers with supply chain solutions and other solutions for uh, accessing other inventory delays, um, labor and fulfillment challenges, a shift to e-commerce due to social distancing as we just spoke to, an increased cost on, on cost, increased focus on cost savings due to reduced cash flow. So let me go back to then, uh, if we go to the next slide, 
going back to this e-fulfillment solution that UPS has to offer. So what is e-fulfillment? You saw uh, the, the video that is a really great explainer video, and that's why I wanted to open it up with that. Um, it tells a great story. Um, it's actual testimony, testimonial from one of our customers. Um, but UPS is a, uh, e-fulfillment is a proprietary technology platform and basically allows you to seamlessly connect um, with a variety of sales channels. In fact, up to 20 different marketplaces, it will help you connect, and that includes Amazon, eBay, Etsy, Overstock, um, just to name a few, Walmart. Um, and th through that portal, then, it gives you access to two uh, integrated warehouses, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, so that you can uh, basically take orders all the way up until five o'clock your local time and still have those orders picked, packed, and shipped on your behalf. It really provides a shortened uh, delivery time um, and really just gives, it's, I think the important thing here for most of our customers has really been the fact that they've been able to stand up their e-commerce and really begin uh, listing within the marketplace and playing in the marketplaces within a week immediately. Um, it's a very quick solution and there's not as many, typically when you work with 3PLs, there's long contracts, um, it's very expensive. This is something that you can get involved in right away and you really get a growth advisor that's going to help you navigate this uh, process. So if we can go to the next slide. So that scalability, um, it allows you to kind of take many, it doesn't matter how many SKUs you have, that's, that's typically a common question, like what if I have a lot of SKUs or the little SKUs, but you could just take like the belly of your SKUs and ship them uh, to an e-fulfillment warehouse and start with just your, your core SKUs and then be able to see what's selling, um, what's, what's really, gaining a lot of traction, and then continue to grow from there. Um, but really scaling your uh, your business with the UPS e-fulfillment, it gives you the, the availability for distributed inventory, UPS prime fulfillment, two-day customer reach within 99% of consumers, uh, later cutoff times, branded delivery experience, and really simple returns management. Um, and I want to let you know that um, everybody on this call, we do have a 60-day free trial for UPS e-fulfillment, and a, a flyer will go out, a digital flyer, to all the participants that would like to, as an option, um, learn more about that. So, um, and one last reminder, um, just because we are speaking to the state of Washington, um, UPS, if you didn't all know, was founded actually in Seattle in 1907. We have 113 years. Um, in business in the state of Washington. So with that, I will turn it back to you. Thank you so much. Well, Tricia, you stole my little factoid and nugget that in 1907, two teenage entrepreneurs came together to start a company that we now know as UPS. So uh, great, great recollection there. And if you've not been in the Soho part of Seattle lately, there's a little marker there that commemorates where UPS was started. Uh, a question coming in for you, Tricia, is, uh, for a small business 
what's what's the best way to get into the e-commerce space? What's how, how do they connect with somebody? What's the best way to get into this? Do you have a, a resource on your site to send them to? That's the question coming in from someone here online today. Best way to get Yeah, great question. So as Brian, we have many um, partners, e-commerce uh, partners, just like Brian Forth has suggested. There's some really great kind of starting e-commerce platforms like Shopify, who is a, a UPS partner of ours. Um, and the, the main thing would be, do you already have some of, are you already getting some orders and really looking at what kind of volume do you have existing and then trying to take that model and stand it up or are you starting from scratch one thing that i would say just from an e-commerce advisor is that it's really important to know who your customer is um, when you start thinking about how you're going to target but we have um, from any size business the opportunity for you to speak with it as a salesperson or a business what we call them business development um, individuals that will help you navigate uh, having access to be able to start shipping on UPS. And you can also go to the ups.com website uh, to immediately start shipping and learn more about some opportunities to just start sh uh, shipping right away and getting your e-commerce set up. Thank you, Tricia. We'll be back to you in our rapid fire question and answer round. Uh, up next is Justin Stiefel. Uh, Justin is a president of Heritage Distilling Company. They're prior AWB Manufacturer of the Year uh, winner, and they are the most awarded craft distillery in North America by the American Distilling Institute for the past seven years out of 1,500 craft distilleries. Uh, HDC is a majority-owned enterprise and is active in their community through various groups of charities and nonprofits, and I need to recognize them. They are one of the first manufacturers in the state to pivot uh, when when hand sanitizer started to run out across the state early on into the COVID virus. So Justin, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for all you're doing. Let me welcome you to the AWB webinar and turn it over to you. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. And uh, I want to uh, uh, comment on uh, Trisha's uh, presentation just prior. We are proud partners with UPS and uh, we're one of the first distilleries to engage in a pilot program for shipping spirits with UPS and um, it took a lot of work to get that done but we appreciate UPS partnership in that. Um, so at Heritage Distilling Company uh, we have done a complete pivot in light of what happened with COVID. If you go back to the first uh, case of COVID in the U.S. it was in Everett, Washington reported in Everett in, on June 21st. Um, we had been watching what was going on in Asia uh, through December on the news and so we convened our team on January 21st and, and we said we think there's probably a six or seven week lead time here in the U.S. before we start to see some real disruptions in the supply chain. And so we convened our, our team and said we have six or seven weeks to fill the warehouse with spirits like that double shifts and weekends because we don't know what's going to happen from uh, late February or March. And uh, by the time the governor had issued the stay-at-home orders and had shut down the bars and restaurants uh, in, on March 13th, uh, we had filled the warehouse and we had uh, basically uh, no more room to produce spirits. And in light of everything that we saw going on and we were getting requests from people from around the region for hand sanitizer, there were a number of very small distilleries producing small quantities with some of their waste material. We approached our partners at the Chehalis Indian Tribe, uh, with which we have spent almost four years planning a major distillery. 
and uh, brewery, and that was scheduled to open in, in uh, May. It was actually scheduled to open this coming week. Uh, 35,000 square foot facility, uh, facility, largest craft distillery west of Mississippi River. Uh, but because of COVID and everything else associated with it, we were forced to uh, seek some delays. Well, the last six weeks we've spent repiping the facility, and we now have the ability to produce 30,000 gallons per day of finished hand sanitizer. Uh, 30,000 gallons a day, not a week, but a day. And uh, this is because the FDA authorized distilleries and some other food manufacturers to make a, a special formula. You see it on the screen here. It's an 80% ethyl alcohol base. Um, it's used for not just on hands, but some people are using it on their surfaces. It's got a three-year shelf life. And we use the liquid format instead of the gel format because that provides the most flexibility for um, consumers, for hospitals, and so on. Uh, we started producing it in a number of various sizes. Logistics was a, a real significant challenge for us. Everybody uh, across the country was trying to get access to bottles at the same time, spray pumps, uh, aerator pumps, aerosol pumps, bottles of any shape and size you could possibly imagine. Uh, the logistics have been very challenging. If you saw the news last week, Friday from Clorox and from Lysol, they told Wall Street that they will not have uh, spray disinfectants or uh, wipes back into the market on full production mode until late summer. There are issues with the supply chain and disruption. So as a, a local craft distiller, we had to get very creative in some of our packaging solutions. So if we go to the next slide, please. Um, uh, we'll, we'll skip this slide to the next slide, please. I'm showing some of the uh, some of the solutions they come up with. So we make uh, small 50 ml bottles for airplanes and uh, for our advent calendars and such. And we had about a million and a half of, of these units, empty bottles and caps, sit in the warehouse, getting rid of the packaging for the summer. And so we said, why don't we use those on our machinery and we can start filling little 50 ml bottles like this. So we've got some national uh, regional hospital chains, uh, some banks who have purchased some of these as giveaway items for their customers. They realized that when customers are going through the drive-through or they're coming into a clinic to, to seek help or when the nurses or physicians want access to hand sanitizer, uh, they want to keep a small bottle in their pocket. And so this is the perfect size for that. And then they take it out, open the lid, and, and put a little bit on their hands and rub it around. Um, and so we were able to reuse some of our existing uh, inventory for that purpose. And we continue to make these, these products every day. Um, if we go to the next slide, please. We then had a lot of inventory of whiskey and vodka bottles. And so uh, we repurposed some of those into packages like this. In fact, you'll see now at Costco's across the West, our 750 ml bottles are now uh, on sale at Costco as a hand sanitizer refill. We're packaging this in conjunction with the Chehalis tribe in glass. Uh, they are very much focused on um, uh, sustainability and glass is one of the more recycle friendly materials out there instead of plastic. And uh, again, supply chain logistics, we live in wine country. And so getting access to wine bottles is, is much easier than trying to get plastic bottles shipped over from Asia uh, or from other parts of the country. And so we're, again, we're just using the resources we have available to us. We've got companies all across the region uh, and across the country who are calling up and going to our e platform asking for products like this. And because this is not a liquor, not a, a spirit, we can ship this to all 50 states, unlike uh, some of the restrictive laws around um, beer, wine, and spirits in certain states. Go to the next slide, please. 
we came up with this format. It's a five-gallon jerry can. This is really uh, great for uh, getting back to the job site. You know, the governor has allowed contractors to go back to work, but they have to have hand washing stations or they have to have hand sanitizer. Uh, this is also a great solution for uh, uh, medium-sized businesses that have quite a few people and they're looking for refills and they have their own bottles. Um, we have many hospitals that are taking uh, possession of these because they already have their own spray bottles and they're using that to uh, spray down surfaces. And again, with UPS now, uh, we figured out how to ship these five gallon um, jerry cans out to customers across the region in a pretty effective format. And then the next one, uh, next slide I'll show you, is uh, our 275 gallon totes. And these are for larger users. Uh, we've been selling quite a few of these to some of the major suppliers to Boeing in the region. Uh, and uh, many of the people that run the complexes for sports and entertainment nationally are looking for this size of offering because they have lots of stations around their uh, facilities when they get ready to reopen that they've got to fill with hand, with hand sanitizer. So this is a great solution for them. One of the challenges we see now uh, economically across the, the region here in, in the state of Washington is going to be how do people get back to work? If you think about uh, realtors, when they reopen home showings, we think they're going to need a hand sanitizer in every single model home or home that's up for sale. If you are a restaurateur, we believe that hand sanitizer is going to be a must for customers who expect to go in to be seated eventually when, when seating is allowed. Um, any type of venue, any type of office, we think the world has changed. And we think that uh, the ability to supply this and ship it is uh, significant for our business. It's really what's kept the doors open for us. And so as part of this offering, we had to pivot and uh, uh, really set up a whole new portion of our Shopify webpage. And we now have uh, about 500 packages a day leaving the facility, going to customers regionally uh, around the state and around the country. And, and then we also had to set up um, uh, curbside delivery like everybody else did. And we had to set up um, our own delivery service. So we're now making deliveries from our six tasting rooms in the region to businesses, homes, nonprofits, and uh, others around the region. And uh, getting, getting up, uh, getting that product, those offerings, and uh, working to make a, a true e-commerce solution uh, really has helped keep Heritage open and help us keep our people at work. And in fact, we've had to hire more people to ramp up production to keep up with the demand for hand sanitizer. So uh, that's a quick summary of what we've done and uh, I'll happy to take any questions. Thank you, Justin. A uh, couple questions coming in for you this morning. The first one comes in from a fellow manufacturer and asks, what's the number one piece of advice you would give to a company who's considering making a change to their operations or adding a new product to their line? make an adjustment, uh, what would be your number one piece of advice for them? Uh, my number one piece of advice is uh, think about where you believe we as a society are going to end up in the next six to 18 to 24 months uh, and, and where you think the American psyche is going to be. Americans are very, very resilient and uh, they want to get out and support businesses. They want to support local. Um, I believe we are going to see a fundamental shift back to the story about uh, local and regional and uh, kind of family-run operations for the time being. And I would not be inhibited by what you thought your business was three months ago. Um, whatever piece of equipment you're going to tool up with, figure out is there a second or a third or a fourth 
product or service you can provide? And then are there others who want to provide a similar product or service in the market that you can uh, do co-packing with them to uh, offset some of the cycles of your of your equipment and make sure you're putting it to work as many of the 24 hours the 24 hours in the day as possible. You're going to appreciate this, and I'm going to read this question exactly what it is. Hey, Justin, not a question, but a thank you. I picked up a bottle of your hand sanitizer over the weekend. It's awesome. Thank you. So thank you. Uh, we'll keep making it. Just don't drink it. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you to you and Jennifer for all your hard work with your company. Stay tuned for the question and answer round, Justin. Really appreciate you being with us. Uh, the next item is, is an important opportunity for you to help engage with us. And you have a survey that's going to come on your screen here in just a second. And it's regarding what is your current use of e-commerce activities? And you have a number of options in front of you. Again, take a moment. Uh, we've had phenomenal feedback as we've done this for three or four weeks now. Uh, interrupting our programming just to get a sense from you about the content today. So this is regarding what is your current use of e-commerce. And we're going to show you these results here momentarily. So again, take a chance to share with us how you are using e-commerce in your regular line of business. Okay, and the survey results are getting ready to pop up and open and on your screen here. All right, uh, and the answer is, uh, comes up. 46% of you said, I don't currently use e-commerce, but interested, followed by, I have incorporated e-commerce as a result of COVID-19. So again, thank you for participating with us today. Uh, more on this as we go forward here. Up next, we have Alawanjo Chala, founder and CEO of Alafia. If you've seen the AWB Grow Here campaign over the last couple of years, you've seen Alafia. Uh, in 1996, a young man from Togo in West Africa met a young woman from rural Washington State. Uh, they have a great story uh, to tell about not only how they met, not only about the great products that they make, but the really important difference they make both here uh, and back in Togo. So, oh, it's great to see you. I wish it was face-to-face, -face, not 25 miles apart from us, but welcome to today's webinar series. Let me turn it over to you, O. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, and uh, it's nice, nice to be here. You know, is um, I, it's very important for our state uh, to be sharing how what changes we need to make and pivot so that we can carry on in the world. Uh, for Alafia, it is uh, as you mentioned, Chris, um, is how do we support our communities and the most disadvantaged communities around the world, in particular in Togo and here in our great state of Washington? And making personal care product is one way that we do that. But now with the crisis around the world and knowing that we have thousands, over 250,000 of uh, disadvantaged communities in Togo that depend on us, it means that we have to survive. And all organizations, not only that you have to support your family, but you have a, a lot of people that depend on you. So it's very important that you pivot. And clearly knowing that the e-commerce is where the activities are. So what we did right away uh, back in the early January is understanding that what Alafia does, one, yes, we're selling personal care products. But another way is for us is that what do we stand for, our differentiation. So what I'm trying to say is that it was important for us not only that we have to pivot our operations uh, to, to e-commerce, but we also have to pivot the differentiation, who we are as an organization 
and what we stand for, I mean, storytelling. So that part of the storytelling was for us to create a, a communication team, internal communication team, and external communication team at the same time, because there was a need for us to be able to respond to the customers on time, be able to be with any moment, any minute that we get questions uh, on, our, on our social platform, we need to be able to respond and take care of uh, what, what the needs that the customers uh, may, may have. But as we, as we, in addition to these, is that be able to continue to relate uh, who we are as an organization. Because fundamentally, the way it used to be for us, we did everything face to face. Ninety uh, percent of our revenues used to be that we go to the store, the Whole Foods Market, the Target. But now we couldn't do that face to face. So the, our communication team then is helping us to make sure that we can continue to relate personally to our, our customers. And so for all businesses out there is quickly ensure that you can communicate on an ongoing basis with your, with your people. I'll give you an example. The Mother's Day was, is a big and important for us given that we focus on the mothers. So we, we were able to plan to do a live painting on Instagram so that we can share with our customers what we're doing for, for my mother. And again, that helps us to stay related. But in the operational side of things, that's where we did some of the big, biggest changes. We used to ship primarily pallets to distribution centers. So fairly quickly, uh, we, we changed to small packages. We organized the entire team here in Olympia, Washington to ensure that now we can get the small packages out. And as we plan forward uh, our, in, within our uh, new product innovations uh, toward the end of this year and next year, is going from making large sizes to small sizes. So in innovations, uh, changes are taking place right away so that we know that small packages are a little bit easier to, uh, to, to ship. So all these put together for an organization like Alafia that depend on, on the retailers, and now we have to be on the e-commerce platform. One is that we have successfully ensure that we are very strong in social media, and that has to do with uh, having a team, a communication team. And then the second part is organizing the uh, distribution and the packaging here to ensure that we can get the small packages out uh, fairly quickly. By the end of the day, with uh, these crises, we, it's a recognition that we are interdependent. And as we move forward, we have to continuously plan even more than we have ever done before. Thank all. Thank you, all, Wanjo. Hey, let me ask you a quick question before I get to the set of questions that are coming in. Have you seen any purchasing habit changes or behavior changes in your products in the post-COVID environment from pre-COVID environment? Tremendously. Uh, the, 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 the changes are, are very, very uh, striking. Uh, back in the middle of February, we noticed that our soap-related product went up more than 10 times, so we have to pivot quickly resources that toward the, our, our soap product but in a similar to our lotion product too because people now are using more sanitizer they're using more soap so they 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 their hands are get a little bit more dry so they there's the the changes uh, it, it changes every day and there's changing in supply chain uh, there's a major disruption in supply chain and 
and as, and is, is a challenge, but we we're very fortunate. Uh, the team here is, is very very strong, very positive, and we count we change as we go. And you have to be responsive. I mean, that's the key thing. You have to be extremely responsive. Oh, the next question is regarding uh, a question from a manufacturer who's been closed during this time. And the question to you is, what advice would you give them on how to best use their website or social media tools to reach their customers? They, I, I, to me, one uh, thing that we, uh, we have learned, I think, is the best to really do it during this time is to be personalized. You have to be personal. Uh, if it is a small enterprise and the, the founder is still the head of it, I would say you have to get out there, talk to your customers. Do You don't have to have too many followers on Instagram or Facebook. You start small. If you have 10, talk to them. They need to see your face. They need to see that your, your family, that you're there for them, that you're, you're working. And I, I think in times like these, be able to show uh, that you're, you're a person, you can personalize what, what you do, talk to them about what you do. There's no marketing right now that can overcome be able to stand in front of your organization and talk, talk to talk to your 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 people that buy your product. Thank you. I, I hope you and Prairie Rose had a great weekend. Stay tuned for the lightning round questions. We'll be back to you here in a few minutes, Alawanjo. Up next are Aaron and Tori from Trillium Creative Solutions. They're all about helping people tell their story and break through the clutters. With that, let me turn it over to Erin and Tori. Hi, so I'm Tori. I'm a rogue leader and owner of Trillium Creative Solutions, and Erin will be joining us in just a second. Um, we are a company that basically uh, helps people tell their stories. Uh, we um, we're here because we've always been online and we want to share some of the secret sauce to being digital. And I think some of the things we're going to talk about are some of the questions that you guys have had. Um, so we are a learning and development company. And that's really what we want to do now is empower you to get started. And we do have a couple of slides. So if you want to bring up our, our slides, I'd love to share that. So um, I'm the one that used to have purple hair there in the middle. It's not purple because I haven't been to see my, uh, my hairstylist in quite a few weeks. Um, and uh, if you want to go to the next slide, the things that we want to talk to you today uh, are basically how to get started, how to do this. You know, we need uh, right now more than ever, we need to, to get connected and, and make these changes. And um, so the, th the things that we're going to talk to you about today are how to, how to do that, how to build community, how to get creative with what you've got and really come up with a creative solution for, for moving digitally and how to tell your story. So let's go to the next slide. Um, so first of all, um, a lot of the questions that, that we've heard about, like, how do you get started and what do you do? And, and the thing that I really want to kind of empower all of you to do is get creative with the platforms you already have. So many of you are already connected. You've got uh, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or, or uh, even a basic website. Use those channels. What you want to do is give your customers a way to connect with you. Give them a way to transact with you. And, and don't feel like you've got to do everything all at once. Don't feel like you've got to get the website set up if you don't have a website or you've got to create this platform that you don't have. Because for many of you as small businesses, you're probably pretty financially stretched right now. And so coming up with that money to do it is hard. So use what you've got. Use your social channels. Um, if you're on Facebook, 
try advertising with Facebook ads or doing some unboxing videos um, or sell something on Marketplace. Uh, create a shop tour and walk around and show people what's in your brick and mortar. Um, if you're on Instagram, take pictures and share what's going on. Uh, create an Etsy shop, add Shopify to your website, write an article on LinkedIn, live tweet what's going on when you get new shipments of things in. Um, but create that online storefront um, using the things that you already have. Uh, what you want to do is really give people the opportunity to connect with you and to tell your story um, and to see what you have to offer. And, and I really want to echo a lot of the messages that Brian and Tricia and Alawanjo and Justin have said. I mean, all of them are, they've all pivoted. They've all looked at what they've had and they've come up with some creative way to meet a need or to connect with their customers. Uh, and it's really important to do that. It's important to, to, to think about where you are and where you can get and not try to do everything all at once. And one of the really key, in, uh, the, the really critical parts of that um, is connecting with your community. And so for that, I want Erin to speak about that because she is our community builder. Thanks, Tori. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> can you hear me? Good. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, as Tori said, one of the best you know things you can do right now is to um, build a community both with your existing customers and potential customers. Um, and you can do that by working with others, right? I mean, one of the things that that people are feeling in general right now is this overwhelming sense of isolation. So I think it's a great time for people to reach out and make those connections with other businesses, um, other you know partner organizations, whether it's nonprofits, small businesses, large businesses. Um, most businesses haven't gotten to be successful by themselves. So look for businesses to partner with that share your organization's core values. Um, it could be community proximity. Maybe you're in a, a parking lot, you know, with other businesses. Even if you don't do the same thing, that that could be good. Um, reach out to them. Start a discussion about how you can help each other. Um, look for those opportunities. Um, I think it was Justin that was talking about co-packaging. You know, you can also do co-branding, co-marketing. There's lots of things that have the word co in them. Cooperation with other businesses is really your friend. Um, in that same vein, pooling your resources. Um, as Tori said, you know, a lot of businesses are feeling strapped for cash right now. And, and it's okay to think outside of the four walls of, of your store. Um, you can coordinate curbside pickup or combine shipping with businesses in close proximity. Um, keep it easy for yourself, you know, don't make it too broad. Just look for those couple of, of partner businesses that you can work really closely with. Um, you can include product samples, discount offers, things like that in your packaging and curbside pickup that's going out and offer to do the same thing for others. Doing all of these kinds of things is going to help to amplify your message and you'll see that exponentially more potential customers will have knowledge of your business if they didn't before without you having to go out and pay a bunch of money to grow your newsletter following or your Facebook following. Um, you know, use the businesses around you um, and, and be willing to partner with others when they ask for help. Ask them what they need. Tell them what you need. This is not a time to be shy about what your needs are. This is a time to, to help and ask for help. 
Um, okay, so next, um, we want to make sure that you are telling your story as often as you can, um, wherever you can. Uh, like Tori said, use the platforms that you have and use them often. Um, when you're doing that, be your authentic self, you know, be, be honest about what's going on in your world. This, this is hard and um, everybody knows that you don't have to hide it. <laughs> it. It might even be good just to admit that this is hard and ask, ask for what you need. Um, think about what you're offering when you're telling your story. Think about, you know, why did you start this particular business in the first place? Um, what are you passionate about? What, what makes you excited about that business still? Um, and then think about how you can effectively fill that same need, even in this new business environment. Brian gave a good example of, you know, seven C's um, had to figure out how to move their business online and stay productive. Um, the story doesn't have to be long. It just focus on what makes it compelling. Um, thinking about what you're passionate about, Alafia is a great example of um, pivoting their offerings based on what they're passionate about bringing it, you know, being relatable and attentive to their customer personally, they figured out how to do that even without those face-to-face -face opportunities. Um, another great thing to tell in your story is what are you contributing? Um, what have you done? What can you do? People really want to support businesses who are actively supporting their communities. Um, Heritage Distilling is a great example. Of, you know, their shift to sanitizer production. Um, it's beautiful. People want to hear that story. People should hear that story. Um, and, you know, that willingness to shift the business model again in order to meet that current need. It's a great example of creativity, problem solving, and having a great story to tell. Um, and then, you know, including a call to action. It's it's a, important to get the story out there. And again, it's important to let people know what it is that they can do to help you stay afloat. A lot of people are wanting to help small businesses right now. They may not be exactly sure how to help yours. So as part of your story, make sure that's clear. Um, and think about how you can help others and be ready to answer the question of how they can reciprocate and help you. You know, so often I think it, it's very natural for people to ask you, how are you doing? To just say, oh, I'm fine. Um, so as part of your elevator pitch, have something that you can tell people, you know, I'm doing great, but what would really help my business stay afloat is and give them that information. Um, it's just that kind of standard marketing call to action, but it's really important right now. Um, okay, so in summary, um, we just want to reiterate, you know, we know that this is a really stressful time for everybody. Um, you can only do what you can do. So don't try to do it all at once. Um, focus on you know, building and connecting your community where you are. Get creative with what you've got. Tell your story, tell other stories, and ask them to share yours. Oh, and speaking of connecting, we'd love to connect <laughs> with you. So we've included our contact information. <laughs> Outstanding job, Aaron and Tori. Uh, we've got questions coming in, and so you know, I think this is a good question that it's come in a number of different times, which is, hey, what's a realistic expectation about increased in sales activity by adding products and more products to our website from an e-commerce strategy? So what's a realistic experience that, a, that a, an employer should think about but, uh, relative to what they should see after they put products up online? You want to take that one, Erin, or you? <laughs> yeah, go for it. I think, I mean, it's not to sound like a consultant, but it really depends on, on how much you can shift. I, I think that 
um, uh, without honestly looking at the individual business, it's a real it's a real challenge to say you can expect X percentage um, because it, it's all about ROI. How much time and money can you put into shifting online and to marketing that? Um, and uh, and what's what's the return on that investment? Unfortunately, I mean, what I would definitely recommend to any business is to really look at what are your what are your big sellers and um, to uh, to Justin and Alawanjo's point, what are the things that the community really needs right now and and really maximizing those um, and and making sure that there's a way that people can actually transact with you because that's the biggest challenge that we're seeing with people making the shift from brick and mortar to digital is that there's no way to actually make that sale so um, you really want to focus on the on the lowest hanging fruit and the things with the biggest return on investment yeah. I know that's not a great answer it's not a percentage answer but <laughs> Well, the next question comes from a company that says, hey, we do a lot of specialized products, uh, custom designs or personalization. What are the most economical options for a company that uh, has that type of strategy? Um, I'm thinking. I mean, I think at that point, if you're doing, if you're, if you're really targeted, um, I would say focus in on your biggest customers already or customers like do some customer research and see who needs that customization now and target them and, and be pretty direct with your targeting. And Aaron, if you've got something else to add to that. No, I, I think that's what I would say too. The, the only addition would be that um, if you think about, you know, kind of what Tori said in the last answer, if you think about the things that are really important right now, you know, if, the, if there's any way that you can be customizing things that are that people are able to use, right? If there are things that you're that you're making that are outside of the restrictions and and that people are able to access and use right now, I'd focus on um, on those kinds of things and making sure that people know that you have those items available. I, I want to thank all of our speakers. We've come up to that top of the hour, but if you can all stay with us about 10 more minutes, we've got a, a bunch of questions here in front of us, and we'll do a lightning round if we can. Uh, and my, I'm going to give uh, Brian Forth a heads up on the first question that's going to come his way. And, and the first question is, is, how often should a company update its website with a new website or remodel its website? I think with a website update, really what you want to try and do is do continuous improvement. What I mean by that is change sections of your site a little at a time. So if you have a, a product search feature, improve your search and then improve maybe some of the elements that go into your site. Gone somewhat are the days of like a full redesign every three years. Um, it would be great if you haven't done a redesign in a while to do a new one, but then try and find ways to make iterative improvement to the site instead of doing a whole brand new reveal every three or four years. We find the most effective websites are ones that continue to grow and change with the needs that the customers and the company have. Thank you, Brian. Uh, we're going to UPS next. And the question is, does UPS offer e-fulfillment strategies on international sales and international orders? Tricia? Yes, thank you. Good question. Not at this time. We are building out some solutions that will be available first in uh, to Canada. We already ha we have another solution called Where to Go um, that is a similar solution um, that does have the availability to pick, pack, and ship as well as store and also B2B solutions. 
um, and that should be available. We're planning uh, for it to come online uh, probably around Q3 of 2020. And then we will continue to build out the international options, uh, but we are just standing up and focusing uh, nationwide right now. Thank you, Tricia. Uh, Justin, we're heading your way next. Uh, the question is a very specific question, and that is what is the availability of the spray dispensers for your sanitizer? <laughs> That's the magic question right now. Um, uh, depends on the size. We have access to eight ounce um, plastic bottles with the flip tops. So you'd have to pour them out like that. I have 200,000 100 mil bottles that'll uh, arrive this week and next week with the atomizer spray top. Uh, beyond that, if someone has a request for a specific size or a use like a trigger gun versus an atomizer, uh, they can email me, justin at heritagedistilling.com, and we can see if we can find access to that for them. Thank you, Justin. Uh, Alawanjo, we're coming to you next. Uh, the question is, is how do you balance being mission-driven and also investing back into your companies uh, for capital equipment and growing new products and all? So how do you balance those two issues? Well, I think uh, it's not so much a matter of balance, but it, given that our market propose, what we're proposing to the market is to do good in the world. Uh, and and then what I mean for is is that we uh, we we do it step by step. Right? There are years where we focus on capital investment, and we know that for the next two or three years we won't need to do that, and we'll continue to focus on our community uh, project. But you know I think the most important thing is knowing what what you're offering your customers, and you can never want to go away for what you stand for and the morals that you stand for in the marketplace. So I guess to answer that question, it's not really uh, a, a, a matter of balance, but it is what we, we do on an uh, ongoing basis. Thank you, O. Uh, going to Trillium next, and the question is, is Shopify the biggest online platform, or are there other similar strong online platforms that uh, employers should consider? Helps if I unmute. Um, there's a, there are a variety of them. Shopify is 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 easy to plug in and very easy to use, um, but it's it's really and this goes back to what Brian was saying. I think it's really about connecting to what you have and building on what you have. So if you've got a WordPress site, maybe there's something like WooCommerce that you want to use. Um, you really want to find the things that plug into what you already have, and, and Shopify is a great way to to do that. But it's not the only one out there. We're going to have one more question for Brian Forth and then ask you all to answer this question, which is, what would be your recommendation for a welding or metal fabrication to uh, using e-commerce solutions? So that's going to be for everybody. Brian, the question for you is, what is the number one frequent mistake that your customers make when trying to shift to the new normal and beyond? What, what mistakes are they making as they think about updating their website? Um, I think the biggest mistake they make is something they don't think about, which is the amount of work that goes into making sure the content that they have on their current site and product descriptions or even just general content um, are ready to go. So we can stand up a store or we can stand up a website pretty quickly, but usually the slowest part of it 
is that a customer um, has not necessarily thought through how their their story that we've talked about today. How are they going to sell? Um, how are they going to tell that story online? And how are, do they have enough content? Do they have enough photos? Do they have um, all the descriptions that they need? So I think that that is one of the mistakes that they make. It's more of a mistake by omission because they kind of think that they'll just transfer their current stuff over. So I do think that there's some homework that that companies should be doing ahead of time to make sure that that they have a plan for how they're going to deal with content. Um, the technical stuff kind of can work out pretty easily. It's really just a matter of making sure that um, it's a cohesive experience for for their their end users. Great, thank you, Brian. I, I'm going to go in reverse order and start with uh, Tori uh, and Aaron, and that is, what would your recommendation and advice be for a welding or metal fabrication company that's looking to go into e-commerce solutions? And we'll go back through our speaker lineup here this morning. So, advice for a company that's maybe new to this space and is offers a different type of product. What would be your advice to them? Uh, photographs and videos. Uh, metal fabrication is so amazing to watch. I would tell the story about, you know, and show them what that looks like and what they're building and why. Um, and lots of pictures and photographs uh, and lots of videos, I think, would be the biggest thing. Yeah, that's one of the things we meant to mention earlier, actually, is that people um everybody's online right now all the time right i mean people are spending more time online probably than ever before i don't have the stats on that i just believe it from my own household um but if, if you have something like that that you can show people show them your process show them your product show them why it's important to you video is such an important way to connect with people right now and it doesn't have to be super polished it's the it's the story no. is key. It doesn't have to be great. Do it on your phone, but but show people and let people connect with you and build those relationships. And I want to see what a metal fabrication company is going to do. <laughs> they make great stuff. Let me tell you that. And speaking of making great stuff, Alawanja, let's go to you for that. Well, I, I think uh, in addition to what everybody already said already is a show how you contribute into a community. There's a playground that they, it needs to be fixed. Take your equipment, mm -hmm. do some type of community service beyond your own boundaries, things that people can relate to. So I think showing how your work in, uh, in the metal work is contributing to your local community. Thank you, O. Uh, Trisha, let's go to you. Yeah, so for a metal fabrication, I would just say look at currently what is the demand that you're feeling? What filling currently in the market space? What are you already, uh, what, what gap are you filling and what are you uh, shipping to your current customers or creating for your current customers? And then think about how you're going to expand that reach. And then, you know, UPS can has many partners, as I mentioned before, that can help you build out those websites. So we partner across the board to help you kind of stand up and we have something that's called a uh, technology program for our customers that enable you with some dollars for your shipping, for your, for your business, we give you dollars to help you expand your e-commerce reach. So even if it's not your specialty, that's okay. We have partnerships that can put you in partnership with other organizations, but that is their specialty to help you get online and find, uh, reach your customer. Thank you, Tricia. And Justin, your advice for a metal fabrication company. Yes, uh, probably two things. One, uh, if you go on the, on the internet and just look up 
a custom metal fabrication, you're going to see a number of uh, customer facing sites where people are doing laser cutting for small projects, uh, looking for interesting things right now. The other thing I would do is I would find a similarly situated company somewhere across the country, maybe in the east, uh, Florida, Carolina, North Carolina, that's a similar size to you. And I would uh, come up with some kind of a partnership where um, you can get referrals to them for projects of a similar size out in that part of the country, and they could do the same thing out here for you. And I would, uh, again, get your equipment going more than 24 hours a day and give them referrals and uh, kind of create that partnership to uh, allow people to uh, get things closer to their own home as opposed to from across the country. And Brian, uh, wrap it up if you would for us. Advice to a metal fab company. Sure. I think I would start with case studies. I, I like the idea of the video. I like the way that we can show how that's produced. I can. I also like the impact of the community and finding ways to tell that story. Um, I would say that there has to be a call to action though on the website. We have to find a way to get people to connect with you so you can measure the effectiveness of what you're doing either on social or driving to those case studies. So um, all of these things are, it's a custom thing. So we have to be able to, to tell people online that they can trust us to do the things that we're, that we're pitching to do. And we need to be able to measure that, that engagement. Well, we have come up against our, our time stop today. And I just want to start by saying, we had some awesome companies today sharing some great insight uh, who make some great companies and make great products here in the state of Washington. So Brian, Tricia, Justin, Alawanjo, Tori, and Aaron, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for providing your insight, uh, your best practice advice to folks who are looking to go into the e-commerce space, really important space for all types of businesses, but especially Main Street and small. Uh, a reminder that we will be back next Monday, uh, and next Monday's uh, webinar is focused on employer resources, and we will have Taylor, Michelle, uh, Stephen, and Michelle with us to guide us through the conversation. We also have a special lineup of speakers next Wednesday, uh, some of our federal guests with us, and that includes Congresswoman Kathy McMorris-Rogers, Congressman Dan Newhouse, and John Weiss, the State Executive Director for the U.S. Department of Agriculture with us. Just a reminder, if you want to share the great content, and it was really good content that we had here today with friends or family members, again, this will be on Facebook Live tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. With that, I want to thank Kaiser Permanente for making today's program possible. Be safe this week. I hope you enjoyed the great weather we had over the weekend. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Our next Employer Resources webinar is a week from today on May 18th. To register for this or any of our upcoming webinars, go to awb.org and click on events.